All right, so Tommy White, big Tommy Tanks, has decided to take his talents elsewhere as he enters the transfer portal. NC State cannot take another blow. We thought all week we were going to get some positive vibes for the Wolfpack, but apparently not as Tommy has decided to transfer. We also have his conversation about all of the NBA draft entries, people who decided to stay, people who decided to come back to college. But could an NC State player take his talents somewhere other than Raleigh? Whoo, I love a good tease. Let's get into it. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Keenis Cooper, joined by Drizzy Drake here every Freestyle Friday. We want to make sure that you guys have great content each and every day that you listen. And we are in summer mode, so we got three times a week, but there's still going to be three good episodes for you. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. We also have housekeeping, you know, mailbag. If you have questions that you want to ask Locked on ACC throughout the summer, please send them in, whether it's via Twitter, you can see our handles down there, or you can hit us up on YouTube where we want you to subscribe. Jersey Drake, how are we feeling? Hola, mi gente. Uh, ¿Qué le pasa, mi gente? Solamente todo bien por aquí, pero everything is good right now. We're all preparing for the first storm of the, you know, tropical storm, the hurricane season. I think Agatha is down there. Shout out to WandaVision. I know Ken made the Doctor Strange, you know, reference earlier on the week, but so far, so good down here, you know, just chilling. But I'm actually excited to talk about something that we don't get to talk about too often. It's my first love, and that is baseball. Yes, come on, Agatha, trying to do a little something, something. It was raining today here in Baltimore, so maybe she, maybe she's sprinkling and dabbling, whatever that word is, over here up up north. But we do have a lot to talk about, a lot of sports to cover here today. Baseball being the first one. Tommy White out of NC State, the freshman phenom who broke the NCAA record for most home runs by a first year is deciding to go anywhere other than Raleigh, North Carolina, he told Coach Avent. That's crazy, considering he was the talk of the town, and now he finds himself looking for a new church home. What's going on, Jersey Drake? So he is a Florida boy, and okay. specifically he is from the same Petersburg area, which people know as Tampa, or I like to call it Trampa because I hate that city. But overall... <laughs> That's a very strong, I guess, baseball town, baseball area. You see a lot of you know, playing kids down there. And also there's a underrated school by the name of Stetson or FGCU, which is a little more down south, which is where Jacob DeGrand's gone. Uh, Chris Sale's gone down there as well. Mm-hmm. And just from Tommy White, I mean, I think he's a player that probably honestly could have left probably back in high school because people forget that for baseball, you can actually get drafted straight out of high school. But then once you head to the college ranks, you have to wait. I think I want to say it's for two seasons removed. Once you actually enter the baseball ranks for college, but with Tommy, I mean, he is a dynamite on the offensive end. He really is. I mean, basically a first baseman, third baseman by trade. He hitting 27 bombs his first year, which is the adjustment from high school baseball to college baseball is a huge jump because mm-hmm. now you're dealing with people you know, with kids or somewhat, you know, young, young adults, grown ass men who throw a curveball or breaking ball or any or a sore slider with a lot more speed and a lot more movement. And yeah. the fact that he hit 27 bombs and hit, I want to say 363, which is just. That's some golden spikes level stuff too. When you when you actually break down the raw numbers, and right now I know for a fact he's considering Florida. He also is considering Florida State too as well, and that's something that we desperately need because if you watch FSU baseball, our pitching is elite. Our offense, now we're close. Primarily because yeah. the play discipline, the play discipline overall is piss poor to say the least. 
Yeah, and they're one of the teams that didn't make it to the championship field, but they certainly would be in the conversation if Tommy White were to join the squad. And for those who don't know about college baseball, there's only about between 9 to 11 full scholarships. So there's 40 players on the roster. So it's like kind of like swimming where you have to disperse. So someone might get 30% scholarship. Somebody might pay for your books and fees. You know, somebody might get a full ride, but then everybody's looking at you like, why you got a full ride? And I sit here, you know, barely can buy ramen noodles. So it could be a money issue. You know, maybe there's not an NIL deal conversation going on at NC State. Maybe, you know, now that he does have a little bit more notoriety, a lot of people are having those, hey, come back to St. Pete. We can really get you broke off here and like, he'll be good to go. So there's a lot of conversation that I think, you know, it's worth having, especially when we know is everything is wheeling dealing around here in college athletics. I mean, that's a really interesting point you bring in the money factor too, because from what I remember from last year, this is the second time that uh, NC State baseball has lost a player to basically either leaving the program or not even entering. Uh, last year, Khalil Watson, who was the number one recruit in their class coming in, actually decided not to actually sign his letter of intent with NC State because he was drafted 16th overall to the Miami Marlins. I got paid, I want to say, $5 million. So mm-hmm. definitely it could be a monetary thing at NC State when it comes to baseball. And it just seems like the bad luck just continues to go on with this baseball team. They already were probably the biggest snub with the entire field out there because I can say it on here. I think this team was better than FSU, was better than some of the other AC teams actually went out there overall. And now Tommy White, like that's a kid that he's a stud. I mean, yeah. that's a kid you put out there. You, you put him in the lineup and you just, you're done. You're penciling him in every single damn day. And yeah, it's just really interesting to see basically where he's going to end up. But he's, He's going to come back down to the uh, the Sunshine State, but definitely, Tommy, if you need me, let me know. I can help you pack your bags, drive you to Tallahassee real quick. I, trust me, I got you, bro. I, base, and, like, listen, my aunt's a Miami Marlins, you know, executive down. Not executive, she works for the Miami Marlins, but I can definitely help you out, you know, further down the road if you want to uh, – I mean, kidding, of course, but listen, you miss yeah. you miss the most important part being that you negotiate NIL deals, so you can really get him straight. So let's let's start there. I mean, that's true, that's true, that's true. But I'm not going to go. You know, listen, we'll let's let's get him in the state of Florida first, where we you know we talk X's and O's and talk D's across the eyes. All right. Honestly, I promise when Tommy listens to this show and he's like, "Man, I just finally have my in." It's gonna just be my two percent. That's all I ask, Jersey Jake. Just, just listen. Know. Yeah, we got we got the finest. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk. To, we'll talk to Ken too. But yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got you. No <laughs> doubt. So to recap for NC State folks, you had your Cravion Smith decide that he's going to come back to school, which is a positive. You had Tommy White decide he's going to transfer a little bit of a negative. Darion Sebron decided to stay in the NBA draft, which means you're losing one of your best players to me who was most explosive. It, it was it was time. So I think that that's a little bit of a positive. You also have Alyssa Kunane who decided who got signed by the Minnesota Lynx. So there are some positives there, right? The baseball team didn't make the championship field for you know the College World Series run, but you know, mixed mixed bag for NC State, I will say. But this it's looking kind of dicey over here. We, they need some sort of joy. That's why I go back to and I love Jersey Drake is here because all of these Florida State people in my damn comments can go go somewhere. I really am not an NC State person. So I think it's hilarious when I find comments being like, maybe Candace is a hater. She loves NC State. Am I? Do I? Do I really? You obviously don't know me very well. And that's okay. I love it. It's really funny to get called a hater because I, I get called a hater all the damn time. I don't even own our own damn show for our own damn team. It's funny because I'm also when I'm on here, I mean, I gave Tyler Van Dyke all the hate in the world before the NC State game. And then, I mean, he shut me up and you know what? Boy. I own that. And now, and, now the, and now I think we're pretty much, you know, hype him up because he deserves right, that. Right. But I mean, just basically we're just being critical of his teams because y'all ain't good. I mean, y'all okay. were 4-16 and 16 in the conference. Like, NC State fans, like, you got to understand that. And Keats, I mean, we discussed this, I think, a few weeks ago where 
his job is definitely on the line because what has he shown in the last few seasons? Yeah, and that, also that hot seat is hot. Go ahead. It's hot. It's hot as hell. And not only that, like Traquavion Smith, you know, what's the real reason why he came back? I mean, mm-hmm. we might find out. We might Ooh. not. But uh, let's uh, we'll talk about that at a different time. <laughs> a little bird told me he ain't going to NC State. But anywho, let's talk about Bet Online. If I had to put my money on it, I would say Traquavion takes his talent somewhere else. But more importantly than that, I still have my sights set on NC State football winning. ACC championship. Don't let me down, Pack. But if you want to make that bet yourself or any other bet, you can go to betonline.net, the number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information needs. Find all the latest sports developments, news, odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all of the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Betonline is continued source. For sports wagering information, live betting, esports, and more, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like, what you don't like about Locked On podcast. Go to lockedonpodcast.com/survey. Right now, to get started, it won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. Okay, a lot of concert actions over there. To take your audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you so much for your help. Period, Pooh. Okay, wait a minute. Didn't you say money was involved? So I think that Bandis Booper is about to go and do a little survey Give Locked On ACC all the good reviews. Drizzy Drake of Locked On Seminoles might want to do that himself. So, Drizzy, well, just, just so you know, $100 on the line. Ooh, you know all about money. You know that would be good. I got you. 100%. And then we're also talking basketball here a bit. But before I get into that, you know, in the NBA championship, we're going to be recording this before the finals drop. But if you had to pick. Who's it going to be? The Celtics gonna, or the Warriors? It's, it's, it's going to be Golden State. I hate Boston. F Boston. I don't want to talk about that Max Strews callback three. I don't want to talk about the bums that are in Boston. I can't stand Boston. This word's going to put it out the way. Give me Golden State in five because Ooh. I'm not going up against Steph, Clay, Draymond. Andrew Wiggins honestly might win MVP because it's never Steph for some reason, even though he deserved it every single damn uh, series. So. You know, I think that it's going to be the Warriors as well, only because of the championship pedigree. Like, they've been there. They understand the emotions involved in it. They don't get let themselves get too worked up. They don't let themselves get too, like, out of it. There's always a chance, especially when you have the Splash Brothers. But you're right. Andrew Wiggins has played some of his best basketball. And I think it's just going to keep going. Now, I will say... Jason Tatum on a mission in tunnel vision is a different dog. He's good. He when he's actually locked in and focused, that man yeah. is, that man's no one to mess with. But like, like Jalen Brown's really good. But you saw him disappear sometimes against the Heat. Horford, if he stays healthy, Marcus mm. Smart, who did not deserve Defensive Player of the Year, in my personal <laughs> opinion, it should have been ban- it should have been Idris. Idris had a bio from the Miami Heat. But listen, um, Boston, they played a great series. You know, they deserve yeah. to be there, but uh, Golden yeah. State in five because I am never, ever, ever rooting for that damn team up north. You know, Boston is tough. Boston Celtics in general, the city is also tough. It just it doesn't give me very inclusive vibes, but you never know. I I will say, I ain't going to hold you. I am rooting for Nia Long. I just want her to. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> Nia Long happens to be the wife of Coach Udoza. Udoza. 
Udoka. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I just want oh, that. Well, she, oh, they're. I, I love me, you let me, Trust me. Let me clarify. Me. Let me clarify. They're engaged. They're not married. And everyone needs to know the specificity of their relationship because we all care. But I want Nia's husband to go ahead and do the damn thing. Okay. Because he fine. You know what? I ain't going to hold you. Yeah, she is. Uh, Nia's beautiful. <laughs> 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 I'm not even going to lie. She is. But uh, yeah, no, but like, trust me. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good coaching staff. Like, in all seriousness, Brad mm-hmm. Stevens like, he's basically doing a great thing. And Danny Ainge basically groomed them and also drafted all the right players, similar yeah. to who I think is the greatest executive in the history of sports is Pat Riley. But, you know, that's just me. That's true. I ain't gonna, I think this is a good, it's gonna be an interesting matchup because the way it's not who I was expecting, but that may be better. Hopefully, it's just good conference finals either way because I, I think I'm tired of the whole blowouts on either side. Like, it's that's kind of been a lackluster. Yeah, but yeah, that's why. And it, hockey playoffs think it better than NBA playoffs, but that's a discussion <laughs> for a different day. Oh, a thousand percent. I'm so sad about my Hurricanes and the Rangers deciding that they were gonna go whoop ass on game seven. Like, Excuse me, Igor. I guess, you know, if we're here, yeah. we have to. That boy but nice. <laughs> the Panthers were also the best team in the entire NHL. Okay. okay, moving on. All right, back to basketball. Back to basketball <laughs> for those of you watching on YouTube. Jersey Drake said, no, nah, I'm good on that. So we have got basketball to talk about. I mentioned that Jaquavion Smith is returning to NC State. Darion C. Brunside to take his talents to the NBA. Some other players, notable players around the ACC decided to take their talents to the NBA. Trevor Keels, who waited to the 11th hour to make the decision. I feel like we all knew. I don't know why he was so damn torn, but I guess that leaves nobody from the starting roster for Duke returning to the university. So that's crazy. Mark Williams, Paolo, Trevor, who else am I missing? Wendell and my other guy. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, and not only that, they were expected to land AJ Green the transfer, and he actually AJ stayed. AJ Griffin, AJ Griffin, thank you. Yeah, AJ Griffin mm-hmm. too as well. So John Shire basically is going to be a new head coach with an entirely new roster of freshmen he's going to deal with, and yeah. that's not fun. And that's going to be very difficult to adjust with that. And growing not only that, pains. yes, growing pains are a real damn thing, especially with college basketball. Trust me, FSU learned at the hard way with Matthew Cleveland, <laughs> Jalen Warley coming in too, and Caleb Mills as well, who was yeah. a little bit on the older side, but it's. It takes a lot of time to gel from that. And then you see on the other side with another player where it was um, Isaiah Wong actually did decide to come back, which mm-hmm. we saw the whole NIL debacle from a, from a month ago where he was kind of the first NIL holdout when it came to basically trying to get his uh, life wallet money. <laughs> when you, now you see that uh, the MSRP stock prices just plummeted since valuation. So we'll see actually how much of that money he really does get. Yeah. But it's a big uh, pickup for Jim Laranaga and the Hurricanes because they did lose Cameron Mugusty, who mm-hmm. I thought was probably one of the more dynamic uh, players on that team. So yeah. Isaiah Wong coming back is actually primarily, uh, it's pretty huge. Yeah, and I think for Miami, like Cam Agassi, there was nothing else to do with the way that Miami had that incredible run in the NCAA tournament. To me, like lightning doesn't strike like that twice. So it was probably the best time. The way they beat Auburn, it was like, all right, let's let's do this. You're on the biggest stage. You've done what you need to do. But for a Duke standpoint, you know, as you mentioned, having Coach Shire be in his first year where Coach Hubert Davis had a really good year going to national championship game, you want to talk about pressure especially with a bunch of new kids who are still trying to figure it out like how do they fit in the duke legacy and who nobody wants to be the new guy who struggles right everybody wants to be like oh we're picking up right where we left off and it's one thing to be a great recruiter it's a whole other thing to be an x's and o's guys and deal with adversity and deal with all the red tape that comes with being a head coach and so i think that's where we'll see ken shire kind of handle the pressure and that's where you see kind of like in football, I think like Dabo is not the best X's and O's guy, but he is a phenomenal recruiter. Jimbo Fisher, I think now the game has kind of passed him by with X's and O's, 
but my guy over there is a really a damn good recruiter regardless of how he's doing it or not. Mm-hmm. And with John Shire, it does help that he's bringing in the number one recruiting class in the country with, and like not only number one from quantity, but quality and quantity at the same damn time. But he also has to come after coach K who yeah. a lot of people are pegging and I peg him as probably the best college basketball coach to live and play the game yeah. or coach the game. So that's already equal pressure. I will be, it will be hilarious though. Well, not hilarious, but kind of a rock more basically if we see, I guess, John Shire and both Hebrew Davis maybe potentially miss the tournament next season. If they do, I'm not saying it's going to happen. The who gets more of the, I guess, the blame or who gets more of the um, the spotlight put on them? Is it going to be Hubert yeah. or is it going to be John, John Shire? Yeah. And listen, at the end of the day, you always need to have someone who's really good at kissing babies. You always need to have someone who's really good at execution. And I think you got to have that right blend for the perfect coach. And so it'll be interesting to see how Shire kind of plays out for that. But if let me tell you something right here right now. If all these UNC boys came back to school and don't make the damn tournament or struggle this year and they don't go to the national championship game and win it, what the, what what are we doing? I almost cussed on the show. What are we doing? Where's your button when I need it? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like, I'm in the satellite why? office in Delray. That's why I'm like, I'm <laughs> right now. <laughs> why are you coming back if we're not here to win, boys? Like, I'm not. Don't don't get me emotionally involved, North Carolina, please. I'm not. I'm not interested. Like, I've already had to like detach myself from football. Don't make me detach myself from basketball. As well. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's more because like, I I think for this next season it, they're going to be compared the entire time. And oh, I know, a thousand percent. especially even though Hubert had the great first season, it ended up you know falling short against Kansas. Basically, you were leading a half, and then Kansas Bill Self you know found a way to get basically coach up and down the floor. So to me, it's going to be very fascinating to see how these two are able to res- like how is Hubert Davis supposed to be able to respond with everyone coming back. I think mine's Brady Manic, and then you have John Shire who. He should have super high expectations, even though he's coming in as his first year because of the recruiting class. I want to see how I want to analyze and evaluate how both are kind of seen through the lens of media, through mm-hmm. sports in general, because it's going to be to me they both can succeed. To me, anything less than basically in a, a Sweet Sixteen for John Shire is a failure, mm-hmm. and then for Hubert, I think I think he needs to make a Final Four. I think Elite Eight you can basically yeah. have a conversation, but I think Final Fours with the roster he has is something he should be able to do regardless of who left and who come back. Facts. And if you give if you don't give Shire the same scrutiny, I'm gonna call it what like I see it. And I'm gonna tell you why. And it's gonna be very black and white. Take that for what you will. Now, Isaiah Long returning is great. Trevor Keels deciding to go to the league, great for him. But you know, just in the landscape of ACC college basketball, you know, just around at the conversation, I really feel like it's going to be just as, if not more, competitive. I mean, we saw Virginia Tech playing in the finals win the ACC, right? Who knew that mm-hmm. was going to happen? But probably them because they just struggled. They had, they always had the senior leadership. They just didn't have the guys to maybe put the pieces together at all times, but it's up in the air to me. I think like, if you look, Leonard Hamilton's didn't go anywhere, right? His guys are getting a year older. Maybe they'll all find some gel and they'll all stay healthy. It's wide open spaces. I think when it comes specifically to Florida state, because you're right, the ACC probably is wide open. It's probably the most wide open it's been in quite some time. With FSU, we need to hear, we need to see exactly who was going to be the leader on this team because my boy Malik Osborne, aka the Garner Goblin, he's gone, <laughs> and he was the one, the leader that basically was able to hold the team together, you know, through the toughest of times. When he was healthy, he was basically the most liked person on the floor, but now he's mm-hmm. gone. Anthony Polite, the shooter, he's gone. John Butler surprisingly kept his name in the NBA draft, so now we're without our big, even though I think he's seven foot one, one hundred seventy five pounds, but he was someone that shot thirty five percent from three. And average three to four blocks a game. So where yeah. are you going to replace that? So we're bringing in a, th- a three-point shooter from UCF. We're bringing in another defensive player too as well. Where now we need to see if these leaders can stand up. And we need to see if Matthew Cleveland can be the potential lottery pick that we know he can be. 
and if Cameron Fletcher can continue the six man of the year sort of accolade that we get from the ACC uh, as a whole. Absolutely. All right. So now that we've had this conversation about basketball, let's round out the conversation with a little bit of football action. We know Mel Kuyper gave his 2023 big board. He dropped that from ESPN Plus if you haven't had the opportunity to take a look. There are a lot of, you know, not a lot of, a few, but some good ones to remember here from the ACC. I believe there was Mr. Breesey up there from Clemson, probably the highest pick, highest ACC pick. Yep, number six. I feel like he definitely should be in the conversation without a doubt. Him being as high as he is, just if you don't believe Clemson has the opportunity to come back and win this ACC, you're lying to yourself. As much as I talk like I want NC State to do it, they're going to have to go through some hurdles, and Clemson is going to be the number one hurdle. And not only that, uh, they also have Miles Murphy at number 17 defensive end. People forget about him. He's not talked about as much as Brian Bercy. And then it rounds out top 25 with Trent Simpson at at the outside linebacker spot two at 25. Mm -hmm. So overall, Clemson with three spots on here, that's it just shows you how good this defense is. And it's a main reason why, like as much as DJU was not Big Cinco or was not good (laughs) at all last year, this defense is still pretty damn good. Now we need to see if Brent Venables leaving kind of Hampers a little bit, but these are super yes. talented players overall that you can't count them out as much as basically I was saying last year where Clemson might not be saying Clemson anymore after Ohio State game. Yeah. But that defense, they still got dogs on that team, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a great team. And they do have, I mean, you have championship pedigree. You've built that. So you understand what it takes. You have people who've been around the block when it comes to championship mentality. To me, I really want to see how they do without Brett. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Like, can they handle or is it just going to be just, you know, another day in the office? Kind of like how we talk about work all the time, right? You leave and, you know, everything. No, we just backfill your role and we keep things running. Can Clemson show us that they're like in Alabama where you don't blink? Everything's the same. Last year kind of was a little smaller indication that there's some things, some kinks in the armor. But I think that was more offensively. But I'm telling you what, DJ better figure it out. He better figure it out this season or he ain't going to make the whole season. Or, yeah, Kelly Bryant, you should look at that as a case study. You got Kate yeah. Klubnick right there waiting in the wings, and that kid, it, that kid's damn good. Like, DJ has the talent, all the talent in the world. And we saw his first year yeah. that when he spelled Trevor Lawrence for a few games, that he, he can play. Yeah. So, and just be, I think he just needs to be more confident in himself because he's got the talent for that. Absolutely. And, and then Clemson, you know, is not the only ACC team with multiple entries in the top 25. Please I know we don't claim, I know we don't claim them as much because you know they're basically <laughs> the you up text in the middle of the night. But yeah. Notre Dame has Michael Mayer at number seven. I know, and I think that's another one where Michael Mayer's name has been floating around for a good bit now. And I think that Notre Dame with Coach, what is my man's name? Freeman, Marcus Freeman. Yeah, how could I forget Marcus? <laughs> you I think that, today, Coach, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I am truly. I think that Coach Freeman is. You know, you saw in the bowl game they struggled a little bit, but they fought hard in the end, coming up short against Oklahoma State. But I think that only this is his team now, right? He gets to. Not necessarily have his players, but definitely has his mentality, regime, all the things that he wants with Coach Kelly gone. And so I think that's going to be very evident how a defensive-minded coach is really back in that building and certainly going to be a positive side for Notre Dame. And you also got Isaiah Foskey at number 19, outside linebacker, who basically yeah. 11 sacks, six fumbles, 52 tackles. And then people forget they got the Northwestern transfer in Brandon Joseph, who was actually number two on Mel Kiper's safeties list. So Notre Dame is going to be a damn good defensive team. Yeah. Now we just got to see if Marcus Freeman can like actually pick up where Jack Cohn left off, where he kind of surprised a little bit more, where he's a lot better than was at Wisconsin. 
with either Taylor Buckner or Drew Pine. And then I know Miami fans are in the comments right now waiting. What about Tyler Van Dyke? Folks, we know about Tyler Van Dyke. He's right. ranked right now. I think he's number third. He's number 12, actually, ahead of Anthony Richardson, the other Florida QB. And Tyler mm-hmm. Van Dyke, I think some this time last year, where we thought he was going to leave. I mean, After we thought that, it was De'Ara, yeah. the De'Ara King show. We thought if yeah. De'Ara King got benched, it would be the Jake Garcia, the freshman kid. But Tyler Van Dyke, he's got the size. He's got the arm. Now all we got to see is if he's actually he's able to you know push through and not suffer the sophomore slump that we've seen with other QBs. Yeah, 100%. And I think that you know as much as we talk about the Atlantic, the Coastal is going to be just as damn good. I think you have a really good Tyler Van Dyke and Crystal Ball, but you also have teams that are trying to get back to some sort of relevancy in terms of you know Coach Prime, Virginia Tech. You've got Georgia Tech hanging on by a thread. Carolina, who, you know, they've got a good defense. They brought back Coach Chisnick, Coach Gene Chisnick, but who they have as quarterback, God only knows. <laughs> and now we're just trying to say, hey, it's anybody's game. Virginia and Brendan Armstrong aren't going anywhere. Okay? That kid's so good. I love Brendan Armstrong. <laughs> That's to me. When, like, when A.J. Block was doing his, his story, I was like, why the hell is Brendan Armstrong not, not higher on your list? I don't know. Like, Keaton Thompson is also no one to sniff at or, you know, mm-hmm. sleep on. So I think that – you know, Virginia is going to be really good. And Tony Elliott knows what championships, what it takes to get championships. And so, damn it, if he's not going to bring that energy to Virginia, it stresses me out because I just, I can't have Carolina suck. And I just, you know, I'm at peace with it, though. I mean, listen, though, I mean, you, but at least you're having a fun QB battle. You got Jacoby Criswell over there. You got Drake May. Hey, 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 listen, listen, you never know what you have it until it could be a Jordan Travis competition. And so, you know, man, we know who our QB is. You don't. So don't even start with that again. We ain't, we ain't doing this right now. All right. And also, JT13 is 2 0 against y'all. You want to go there with that? JT13. Come, Come on. It's not JT13. He did give us the business. I ain't going to hold you. But. Twice. <laughs> I think it has more to do with Mac Brown and him his inability to beat the Seminoles. I think there's just a curse over his head. Hey, listen, we'll never know. All I know is JT 13's 2 0 against UNC. I'll just leave it. We can just leave it at that. Period. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Well, uh, Jersey Trick, it's always a pleasure to have you here on the show. We're going to wrap things up here. But can you please remind these folks of where they can find you? Follow your work. Y'all can follow me at tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow my coach at maxmovie 17 You can follow the whole entire podcast as a whole at Knowles Anonymous, where we basically engage with our fan base, do, do our what we call mandatory mail mailbag Mondays. That's a kind of a callback to a famous mandatory makeup Mondays uh, bar scene over in Tallahassee. Great time, great memories. But folks, as always, we're people first. <laughs> Sorry, we're fans first, people second, and content creators third. And uh, go Golden State because uh, F Boston. Alrighty. Is there a nickname for Tallahassee? The way you gave Trampa a, a nickname? I call it Tallahassee, I think. You could do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tallahassee. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting makeout bars. That's very gross. But all right. In the land of COVID now, everything just feels like if you're touching me, it's, it's gross. But all right. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, have a great and safe weekend. Make sure you come back. Again, I mentioned we are on a little bit of a new schedule in terms of three episodes a week. But they will be three quality episodes, not just me only, because clearly that is terrible. <laughs> I've heard feedback. So we'll just get things rolling and make sure you guys come back for Candace Cooper and Jersey Drake. Until next time.